1: Welcome back to another episode of Spin the Rally Pod, and we've got the whole team back in action. Former sporting director George Donaldson, Dirtfish senior staff writer David Evans, I'm the rally fan Lisa O'Sullivan, and the voice of Rally Colin Clark, also with us. Good morning on a very hot and sunny day in the UK, chaps. Morning,
2: morning. Lisa. Good morning, Lisa.
1: I know it's very toasty in Italy. We're going to talk about Italy a little bit in a moment, but yeah, how how how's things with? The team back here in the UK.
3: Yeah, oh, good, oh, good. At least it's nice to be back home. David and I spent twelve days in each other's company. Too no. long.
2: It was a
3: little bit too.
2: Belmer well, and Louise, do well, it I, <laughs> went, I went, I went wild camping up in, uh, yeah. up, up in the northwest oh, of Scotland. Those pictures are amazing. On an, on an island, on a lake, a loch, actually. Let's be honest, but for all those, for everyone else, it's a lake. Where Um, were you,
0: George? I was on
2: Loch Marie, Lake Marie. (laughs) To to those that don't understand (laughs) what a loch is, Um, it it was uh, midge heaven. (laughs) I've never (laughs) seen anything like it. So, for anyone anyone that doesn't know what a midge is, it's a a, it's a a, a slightly slightly more than microscopic flying bug, Um, like a mini mosquito, but far more persistent. It's about a hundredth of the size of a mosquito. Uh, it's its bites uh, are not painful. You don't notice them because they're so small, but they come up. They come up in little red wheels uh, of varying degrees on varying people. I'm not overly susceptible to them, but but you still get you still get the odd little uh, rise, and and they end up being itchy for a couple of days. They're they're a wee bit annoying for those that it really affects horrendously. It's nasty
3: that would be why you looked like a beekeeper, George.
2: <laughs> That's <laughs> why I looked like a beekeeper. <laughs> I looked well. You needed that. Was brilliant. That 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 made it uh, that made it possible to drink yeah. a cup of tea because you put your cup of tea up inside it and you could drink it.
0: Oh. did it go in your tea? Otherwise, did they ju- jump in your tea, George?
2: They they did a little bit, but it's just oh. it's just an additional protein, really. And they're so small you can hardly <laughs> see them. As I said, they are probably they are probably something like. Uh, somewhere between uh, uh, maybe a fifth and a quarter of a millimetre across. They are tiny, tiny, tiny little creatures, but there are trillions of them per square metre at times. Mm. If there's any sort of wind at all, just the lightest of zephyrs, the tiniest little breeze, uh, they're gone. They're they're absolutely gone. But of course, in the evening it falls down. But what you do then is you light a fire and you you get the fire nice and warm, let it die down, put lots of uh, cool wood on top of it. You get lots of smoke. And with with the wind down and the the cooler smoke, the smoke permeates the campsite, and they don't like that either.
1: Now, my so mum tells nice, me that that's why uh,
2: so many people used
1: to smoke in Scotland. Uh,
2: well, <laughs> right. be up. Yeah. I have to say, I have to say, the only time I've ever held cigarettes in my hand, and I have owned several packets of cigarettes for this purpose, was on Burma Rally, and it used to be the Jim Clark International Rally, as it was back in the eighties. Uh, when it ran overnight through Kielder and Otterburn in summer, uh, the Burma Rally also ran in summer in the west of Scotland, you used to buy a couple of packets of cigarettes before you went and you just lit them and and then just held them underneath your face to keep the midges off and it worked worked a treat. Is is, is that
0: the same reason that you drink iron brew? <laughs> uh, yeah. but well,
2: David, you, you, you used to drink yeah, iron brew, but you don't drink it anymore because it's not the same anymore. They put aspartame in it rather than sugar, so it's no good. I'm
3: just wondering. I'm just wondering when George turned into Bear Donaldson. Oh yes. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: So,
3: yeah. so
2: George, did you?
0: When you say wild camping, you you were not obviously not on a campsite, and no, you were, we're just... on a
2: tiny little island in the middle oh. of the loch. Yeah. It was brilliant. One of one of our party was in was in the hammock. I was in a tent. Uh, both both most adequate. It was it, it was it partially it was partially stormy and rainy, which was fine because yeah. we had tarps up. We had a, the full. You, you, you saw the pictures of it. It was the full campsite. We we did have uh, tomahawk steaks with us, salmon steaks, oh. all manner all manner oh. of delicious things. So it was it was wild camping with five star food. It was oh, great. That sounds like that sounds
3: it. Guys, <laughs> can I tell yeah. you about something I've done? Something it slightly has. irrational that I've done. Can I tell you about it? I've, I've done. Yes, of done, course. I've got a confession.
0: We we don't I've really have an option, do we? Something. When when you say, "Can you tell us?" No. it means actually you are going to tell us.
3: <laughs> what I meant was, I'm going to tell you about
0: something.
2: <laughs> <laughs> there we go. It's got, it's got to be rally. I've already done the non-rally segment. This has to be rally what? or Colin or your it, band. It, it, <laughs> it is
3: rally. It is rally. Good. So so. I'm always looking for an opportunity because I'm permanently broke to make a few quid. <laughs> uh, and, and I got lost on the internet the other day and came across a site for car registrations. And I started putting in some registration plates thinking, oh, you know, this is quite good fun. An hour later, you know, uh, with with all sorts of turning, I don't how many know, did, turning how many fours in days. How many, and
2: how many did you buy, Colin?
3: Two. So I bought,
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: bought two. I bought two thinking... You know, these are bargains. I'm going to turn these around and sell them at a massive profit, uh, really quickly. And I've had as yet no interest, so it's an advert. It's an advert. But George, listen to this. These are great registrations, and one of them might go on my car. So I bought V14. Yeah. So that's uh-huh. VIA via you have to write this down. double VIA WRC via WRC. That's got to be a nice registration. On any kind of WRC-related car, if you've got a Subaru, a Mitsubishi, oh God, you're a Fiesta ST, you know, yeah, no, we're not really years. pushing it. V14 via WRC, it's cracking, two words. and and it's a bargain for anyone that's Isn't interested.
1: Isn't that what your logbook is? It's a V fourteen. V14, Your log- V14? No, it could V fourteen. It's be. a V. It's a V something. I don't think it's a
2: fourteen. At uh, least so, that's a stretch. Anyway, but,
3: but no, it's, it's not V fourteen. It's VIA, right? So, yeah. <laughs> VIA. So, 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 so there's that one for sale. If anyone's interested, looks great. The uh, other, the other one, the other one <laughs> is even better. The other, if George, if you still had your Subaru, it would look so good on your Subaru. It's yeah. as one yeah. four. Write this down. Work out what it says. Uh-huh. Asia. AS14 Asia W R C How good is that
1: for
0: a registration
1: plate? Oh, that's
2: that's pretty good actually. <laughs> David, you wouldn't put those on your car, would you?
1: No.
2: Not no.
0: even I wouldn't even consider it. I like, demand
2: I shopping. demand I demand a platform here. Colin, I am gonna offer you a dollar for each of those. Does that represent a profit? <laughs>
3: Uh, not quite not quite I want a, little, a, little, a little more now you know a why you're on. permanently
2: broke Colin <laughs> <laughs> probably probably
3: but the, but the one will go on on my on my car and the other one can't because uh, you're not allowed to put a registration on a plate that makes a car look younger than it is so one of them unfortunately falls into that category uh, but if anyone anyone listening to our podcast in the uk remember you can only have these in the uk is interested just drop me a note at voice of rally on twitter uh, i'm open to any sensible offer
2: one dollar fifty
3: Go away, George. <laughs> Go away. Come back with a serious offer. One dollar fifty. Two
2: euros. I've got two euros <laughs> and a
3: can of iron brew might just about get it for you. Ah, no, I
2: still have a can. I have one can of original iron brew still in my garage.
3: That's probably worth something.
2: It's well, it's six. It's six or seven years old, uh, it's but, a but a good it's still point, the proper. George.
3: It's a good point. I am I am open to trades for my registration okay. plates as well. So um, anyone's
2: got uh, anything keep, interesting they want to trade. I'm keep my can of Iron Brew. I'm keeping my original Iron Brew. I, I was going to say, though, if we're
1: talking about things from Forever. the past, are they always as good as we remember them? You know, it's Iron brewed, food I've Brew, you say you've got that can. If you drink it now and it's six years old, it's not going to be as great. You you guys were out in Italy enjoying Italian rallying, which is such a proud and exciting history. Um, But it's not what it was, is it?
0: no it's uh it's not it absolutely. did you see my really
1: sk- seamless segue there absolutely <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah no it's it's really not Lisa and it wasn't at times it was really it was it, it was sad undoubtedly we you know we walked around Turin and we and we saw the the beautiful Lingotto building and all of that and it's just not what it was and, and we spoke to a lot of people who were around at that time the sort of Sergio Limone you know the legendary um Lancia designer and the overwhelming feeling is that it's gone and it's probably not coming back um
3: and and you can't see a way back for it david you know Fiat was an absolute goliath of of car manufacturing weren't they and and lancia were you know there was was something very sexy about italian car design and that obviously then you'll filter down into rallying didn't it and it was glamorous it was sexy it was really really appealing and and it added something very very different to the world rally championship but you know, uh, Fiat are not the powerhouse. Clearly, they once were. Lancia uh, is just a sad reflection. What was the saddest thing we saw, David? It was that, that uh, it was the car that had, the, what was the name of the car that we saw going through the streets of Turin? It was, it was Delta, wasn't it? It was the new Delta was, from Lancia, it, and we thought... well,
0: it, Yeah, and it just, it, it was an abomination,
2: wasn't it? <laughs> of, it it of, was how, how it terribly
3: means. sad, how terribly sad we all think of the Delta mm. uh, as just this, this beautiful piece of automotive design.
2: Colin, uh, the, the the Delta was never a pretty car, honestly. It was, no, just, George, a, it was just, a, just a
3: hatch. Well, George, I mean, it's, it, this is all terribly subjective, but um, I think, you know, you see a Delta on the roads these days, an Integrale on the roads, and, OK, maybe it's the nostalgia that kind of sparks the... Uh, the desire again but um no that i think it was a very very pretty car okay not well, as pretty the, as the, as the, the stratos Grally,
2: or the 037 the was nice nice enough especially the the evo 2 with its very very wide flared arches it was quite pretty it was a copy of a copy of an early quattro concept the way they flared the arches and it was yeah. it was quite nice but, but, but i'm afraid everything basically starts and stops with the stratos for me it yeah. can't be anything else. What Stratos about Stratos. Zero Stratos. three seven. Oof. No, not very ordinary. Really? Very, very not not pretty. Not 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 strikingly pretty. Yes, I would I would love to have one, of course. It's a hell of a car, oh. but um nothing nothing that special. Yeah, but George, George you George
1: George, when did you get into WRC? Were you you seeing some of
2: these cars in their, their nineteen primal? nineteen seventy five? George, George, One question.
0: Prettiest yeah. group group B car best looking Pre- group b car
2: prettiest group b car mm. yeah oh. how can it not be the delta s4 in martini <sighs> it, livery it was, it was well i mean the, the martini livery iconic certainly i mean it was it was low at the front and all hunched up at the back it, mean, it looked like a doorstop didn't it really i mean it, it's a wedge a wedgie shaped doorstop but I, it, I mean it's, it's not it's not light in my fire Oh,
0: God, I loved them. I,
2: I, I mean, they were they, they were them. iconic. I mean, make no mistake, I love them. They were iconic, but they're not like fabulous design statements to me. Whereas the Stratos, the Stratos and the E-type Jaguar, I mean, these are the passionate things we're talking about. Healy 3000? No, we're not. Average. Not quite right really? at the back of Healy 3000 for me. No, Colin's then not go, happy with keep, this. Keep it coming. Keep it coming, happy.
3: Colin. <laughs> no, no, George. I'm Colin. not happy, but, you know, you talk about the Jaguar, okay, you know, we have had Jaguars, clearly, in, in, in rallying, but, but a long, long time ago. But when you're talking about the cars from the late 70s, mid to late 70s, the 80s, you know, when we talk about design and pretty cars and beautiful cars to look at, there aren't many. There aren't many. They were uh-huh. they were stunning cars. They were impressive cars. There's no question about that. The Metro yeah, Six R four, yeah. the Audi Quattro, but there wasn't an awful lot pretty about them. Whereas the Italians had the ability to take something that was quite functional and turn it into something with a bit of appeal. They had they had a style and they still do. Listen, the Italians are in every aspect of life have a massive eye for style. And they were able to take something Relatively straightforward, and turn it into a stylish, desirable rally car. And I think you know, we have to remember that you know, we're talking about brutal, monstrous beasts here, And if we're talking Group B, um, and the Italians managed to make them look sexy. There's I've no got
0: question. One, one, one question, what? Colin, just very a very brief aside, and you answer this and move on very quickly to George. Pink trainers, are they stylish? Oh. <laughs> pink trainers? <laughs> no. Pink
3: trainers with the right trousers? David, uh, I got told by a very stylish uh, Italian that my look was the Luke. Move on, move on, David. Over to you, George. Who was the
1: stylish Italian? It was Uh, the blind
0: fellow with the white
3: stick. (laughs) (laughs) Luca Pedersoli, who was driving a Hyundai World Rally car, was a stylish Italian, a lovely, lovely man.
2: Did he have his tongue firmly in his cheek? No, he did very, not. Very, very, very possibly. The Italians do have a good sense of humour.
3: Oh, you're so rude, David. You're so rude. So rude to me. I had two weeks of this. Marvel. Two, four weeks Sorry,
2: of it. Sorry, so, so iconic, gorgeous, sexy rally cars. I mean, yeah. Fiat 124 was pretty stunning. Yeah. But I, like all these things, they're so subjective to their, their, their colour scheme as well. You yeah, can make a true. You can make a car look horrible. I mean, the Lancia colour scheme... Always amazing. I like the old Fiat One Three Ones, which was just you know a, 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 a three-box saloon. But when that was in the oleo Fiat oil, Fiat oil colours, it was a sort of dark, uh, almost matte black and yellow highlights. It looked amazing. And in the Alitalia colours, oh. stunning. I mean, it, it, again, as the Stratos did in almost anything. It didn't matter what colours you put on a Stratos; it was gorgeous.
0: Best livery for a Stratos, then. George.
2: Best livery for a Stratos. Um, I think it has to che- be Alitalia. Alitalia. Ooh. Alitalia. I, Pretty I, well I would, there. I would go with that. But then I love the checkered flag as well.
0: That red and black. And- yeah, oh.
2: checkered checkered flag was also actually brilliant. I mean, and that was. I mean, for for those that don't know what we're talking about, the checkered flag was a, a British importer of specialised cars that ran Stratoses for the factory in britain so we used to get Marku alain coming right. across and doing local rallies in britain can you imagine can you imagine sebastian Ogier coming and doing uh, you know a, a local rally in north america or 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 portugal or spain or 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 turkey i mean that's that was the equivalent of what we used to get in this country we were spoiled beyond belief Marku alain driving a stratos on a day rally, you know, the, the Granite City rally in Scotland, that was part of the British Championship at that time. Unbelievable. Well, do, you know, do,
0: you, do you know, George, we were we were fortunate enough to to, to see Fabrizia Pons uh, while we were out there, and we were chatting to Fabrizia just about the Rally d'Alba, a second uh, event that we were out there for, um, just a, an Italian national round. Um, and she was saying, oh, she said, I just can't believe at what the Rally de Alba's come to. She said, you know, it used to be a huge event and, and now it's just a one-day thing. Um, and, and I was saying to her, I said, Yo, I said, you you know, you wouldn't believe. I said, we have the Scottish Rally, for example, that used to be brilliant, sort of four or five mm-hmm. days up and down the country, and now it's it's barely even one day. And she looked at me and she said, I know, I did it. And you forget mm-hmm. that yeah. Michelle Mouton and, and you know, Hanu Mikula, Ari Vathan, and they all came uh, yeah. and did the British Championship, didn't
2: they? Yeah. With the with with their fabulous cars, absolutely absolutely amazing. I mean, uh, I remember it was Audi sent the the, the 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 Quattro Sport, the short one, not the not the crazy one, not the last one they did. They sent it to do to, to do. I think it was Ulster Rally, just to do a little bit of uh, tar- tarmac development on it. Which which Walter won, uh, and, and yeah. I, I do remember him being interviewed. So that there was a the usual, you know, week after the rally, you, you got the film coming out on ITV or Grandstand, and uh, Dicky Davis doing the commentary, and and uh, and the interviews were done by the the filmmaker Barry Hinchcliffe, and Barry Hinchcliffe asking Walter Rall, saying, uh, "Walter, you know what are you here to do? Uh, you know how how do you think the competition'll be?" And he said, "Well, I'm just here to develop the car. I don't care what's happening behind me." <laughs> and, and, he, and this is against the Jimmy McRae's the, the Tony Ponds whoever it was at the time uh, and he was absolutely right I think he won the event by three minutes or something You know, it was just amazing and, and he wasn't arrogant it was just a statement of fact And he said I'm just here to develop the car I don't care what's happening behind me <laughs> George I need, I need to
3: point out as well that that, that rally you're talking about uh, if anyone wants to go and watch that Barry Hinchcliffe programme VHS rallies on YouTube I watched it the other week fantastic
2: Fantastic yeah, coverage! What an
3: really, amazing really job.
2: Good. Yeah, you yeah. saw you it, saw that comment firsthand, Colin. It's great, isn't it? it,
3: it just but Walter Roll was like that. He was yes. well, very Germanic, wasn't he? It was very well, matter of fact. He, he is, he is like was, that,
2: Colin. He is you like know, that. Uh, yeah. One of yeah. the
0: one of the things we were talking about, George, Colin, and I, out there, um, was the fact that you know Walter Roll was this absolute genius and is you know a genius still as a as a driver. But I, I wondered and i think we've talked about this before as well could he be a complete driver when he didn't do the thousand lakes uh, and in fact it was andrea Adamo that i spoke to this about as well and i said to Adamo, you know how can we consider him to be absolutely one of the greats and Adamo turned that around and said surely the fact that he realized where his strengths lie and where his, his potential weaknesses lay that makes him an even stronger driver that he didn't go there to be beaten mm. he went
2: somewhere else to, mm. to know that he mm. could win what do you think um, well, uh, you can agree and disagree with that comment in equal proportions, can't you? Interesting point about Walter, and it's a, g- a good wee story. When he went to Audi, he couldn't get the hang of the car and he was struggling to make it go. Yeah. Uh, he got They got Stig Blomqvist to give him some lessons in left foot braking and how to make the Quattro go sideways. Because Stig, as we know, can make anything go sideways. The most understeering pig of a car he can make it. He can. He can just have it sitting on its tail from from start to finish of his driving. He was a genius. Is a genius still? Um, he taught Walter. They, they went somewhere and he spent a couple of days with Walter. I'm not quite sure how long it was teaching him how to do this. Now I worked with uh, one of the engineers from Audi at Toyota, a, a gentleman called Dago Rohrer. We we had the odd run in Dago and me, but he was he's a lovely, lovely guy, a super super uh, individual, real real proper human. And um, he told me that story about about Stig and 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 Walter. Walter then this was this was in October that year. Walter then got uh, a series of cars, recce cars they would have been at that time, but full spec cars. And two mechanics rotating themselves. And for three months, he practised driving the Audi Quattro around the mountains in in lower Germany and Austria, Mm. probably the the northern Italy, just learning to drive this car. He did literally tens and tens and tens and maybe even twenties of thousands of kilometres over the winter, just every day out driving it, learning to drive it. Now, that's the story I got told, as I recall, it. that won't be super, super accurate, but... Basically, that's what he did. He spent the whole winter practicing. Went out in Monte Carlo and won. Yeah. Don't you think? Don't you think that Stig, who volunteered to go and help him, was kicking himself?
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, the worst decision ever. Show Walter Roll how to do something. He picks it up. He goes away. Gets the collateral to practice that length of time, and yeah. wins it. So, so those
0: those cars were difficult, though, weren't they? To to, to get sideways. Right?
2: Oh, they they were very hard. Yeah, they were very hard. Just just they were they were nose nose heavy. And required required incredible delicate technique to hit the balance on the brake to to get the, yeah. the front to turn in and and the back to still have the power to kick out. But if, having if, said that, I I think that I think that that Walter is less of a driver for not taking on Thousand Lakes because you know didi Oriol One Thousand Lakes, yeah. uh, Carlos Sainz One Thousand Lakes, um, who, Sebastian Loeb and One Thousand. Why didn't he mm-hmm. do it? Um. <laughs> uh,
0: he it would have it been a couple, couple of
2: years of humiliation, and, and and Walter didn't like to be humiliated.
0: Yeah, Andy, ge- Andy genuinely thought it was not safe to to compete at those speeds between the mm. trees.
2: That but that you- from a man that's willing to hang an Audi an Audi Quattro off off the edge of cliffs on Monte Carlo mm. Rally, and there <laughs> is the real yeah, dilemma and contradiction yeah. in those comments.
3: It's about no. There's not really. It's about understanding risk, and he clearly understood the, the balance of risk that was involved yeah, in no, hanging a the I, cliff at Monte Carlo. I, I absolutely he, appreciate he, that and totally support that risk. view. Yes,
2: yeah. yeah. yeah.
3: I, I think I uh-huh. think he has. It's uh-huh. a commendable view, and yeah. I think uh, I think Adam was right in what he says.
2: I'm not. I'm I, not sure if it's commendable as such, but it's a it's I a fair it is quite view. It's it it a is fair view, and he 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 decided he didn't want to go to Thousand Lakes, and I'm not sure if he ever did Swedish Rally, which is another tough one. Yes, he did. Yeah, it 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 did Swedish, so it wasn't that it was it was it was no, a to conditions. The consequences, George,
3: the consequences of getting things wrong in Sweden are far less. If you if you're someone uh, that, that studies mi- risk, if mi- you study minisc- risk minuscule. You get it wrong, yeah. you're in a snowbank, at, yeah, even at yeah. 180 kilometers an hour. You go into the trees yeah. at 180 kilometers an hour in Finland, and you're in all sorts of trouble. So, no, <laughs> yeah. weren't many all.
0: weren't many snowbanks around at Sweden this year, and no, certainly. Sunanen didn't find many snowbanks as he went off the road in shakedown. Did no, he? Go? No. <laughs>
3: oh jeez, he was a lucky boy. Uh, but David, can we go back? Can we quickly go back just, just to Italy? One can second.
0: Go- one, no, one second. Oh, I just no. wanted to say, if anybody wants a graphic illustration of how to get a an A one Quattro sideways, go back to VHS rallies, the eighty three Scottish, which I have now watched. Approximately 1.2 million times, <laughs> uh, and watch Malcolm Wilson coming into the final hairpin right on the Rest and Be Thankful, which is on tarmac. But the, George, would they in those in '83? They would probably have come out of the forest. I forget the name at the bottom of the valley, so they would have been on forest tires, wouldn't they?
2: Yes, coming up the yes, hill. A- yeah. absolutely.
0: But it, but you watch Malcolm put the car sideways one way, and then it's just a perfect Scandinavian flick uh, yep. into the corner. It's honestly. Go and watch it; it's
3: absolutely brilliant. So, back to you, Colt. Sorry, no. I was just—I was just going to take just a, a little bit back to Italy, David, and and you know, back to this, uh, this this sad situation they've got in Italy, where you know, once an absolute powerhouse of of rallying, producing these wonderful, beautiful machines that we all enjoyed and admired, and now that is gone. But what hasn't gone was the passion for rallying. No, uh, you know, no, Clearly, not. we were in the right area for that second rally. We were around Turin, Torino, which was really where uh, the, the motor manufacturing business was was concentrated in Italy. But my goodness me, um, you know, there were a lot of people about. There were a lot. And okay, uh, you know, you, we can debate the, the social distancing, but I have to say I was out in the stages. You and I were out in the stages, David, and the people were well-spaced out in the stages. It was outdoors and all the rest. But mm. what was interesting was was that there were or that there was a lot of interest in the rally. And there's still clearly a real solid base of rally fans in Italy who who love the sport and who support the sport.
0: That's right, Colin. Just to, to whiz back to, to the start of what you were saying there, one thing that I kind of forgot, and it was actually Sergio Lamoni that reminded us, was that, you know, okay, so uh, Lancia was based in, in Turin and the cars and Fiat, so they all came from an area. But pretty much every part of those cars came from there. You know, they talked about the Martini sponsorship. They were next door. Pin and Farina were just there. Pirelli was obviously just down the road in Milan. Everything was 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 concentrated in a really small area, wasn't it? And it was. You know, all of the and the, we talked about the supply chain, and it was all in Turin. You know, you could drive around Turin, and this part would come from over there, and this part would come from over there. It was remarkable how you know one city had such a huge impact. Um, on but our I
3: sport. guess, I, I guess it was a bit like in the UK, Birmingham, wasn't it? You know, Birmingham in yeah. the the sixties and seventies, that that whole area, that triangle, if you like. Was, was the concentrated area of, of motorsport and, and motor manufacturer.
2: But, it, seems but... slightly, it seems slightly wrong to compare Turin with Birmingham <laughs> in any way. I'm just going to say that You're right now. And I'm, and I'm a big fan of Birmingham. I love Birmingham. I, I've not been there very often. I've got lots of friends there, but Turin, sorry, don't make You would a be surprised,
3: George. You would be surprised at the similarities. And, and Turin's an interesting place because it did strike me as being massively different from where we were in the south, from Rome, it, it did have an edginess to it. And apparently, 20 years ago, it had a real edginess to it. And it's it's an industrial town turin, And it's transformed itself since the Winter Olympics in 2004, I think it was, David, wasn't it? The Six. Winter Olympics 2006 out there. Um, but it, it is very much, I mean, it is a beautiful city. Beautiful with beautiful, there's a big French influence, big boulevards, beautiful... Um, uh, just a be- the architecture is beautiful but it was very edgy it was very industrial uh and and in that regard very similar to birmingham
0: okay. i think that you know the the thing with turin is you know you've got the city one side and then you've got the alps on on the the other side and and in birmingham i guess you've You've you just got about got the Malvern Hills, haven't you? The which Licky are... Hills,
2: yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which, are, which, are fi- which are 50 feet tall, yeah, compared we'll ask... to the Alps. yeah. <laughs> why did Lance,
1: what, Why did it come to an end? Why did Lancia pull out of rallying? And, and is that, do you think, the reason why Turin more resembles Birmingham these days?
0: No, I, I think, firstly, we'd need to move on from the Turin-Birmingham thing because they are both fabulous cities. Um, but it was a simple, you know, it was an economic question. There wasn't the money to continue with, with Lancia. Uh, and again, one of the huge surprises for me was that the decision was taken at the absolute highest level at a time when nobody knew it was coming. Uh, Sergio Lamone said that he was in a meeting, I think he was in a homologation meeting in Paris. I can't remember exactly the circumstances, but he got a call or something or saw something on the news to say Lancia had pulled out. And he said, you know, absolutely, there was nothing to to make them think this was coming. Uh and the decision was taken that they were going to switch the the sporting emphasis within the Fiat group over to Alfa Romeo. Uh and Alfa Romeo was going to to go touring car racing. Um which you know Lamone followed them and he he designed the one five six I think it was uh and people like Nini Russo came over to to the British touring car championship and ran the Alphas with Gabriele Tarquini and these kind of guys in 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 our british touring car championship and it was hugely successful uh, at a time when super touring was very popular uh it was it was good but you know for me it's still they it ripped the heart out of our sport to lose um a manufacturer like lancia and i still think it is terribly terribly sad that we don't have an italian team an italian manufacturer an italian driver there um, because like you said Cole, you know the the passion is still there a 100 percent and and you know they are so knowledgeable as well. You know they they just they've got every aspect of the sport covered, uh, and you do sort of feel for them a bit.
3: Absolutely, absolutely.
0: Here, um, can
3: I can I throw a, a bit of a curveball in here?
0: You're not going to sell more number plates, are you? No, 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 <laughs> no, no, no,
3: no. But here, do you, do you know we we um we, we did a fantastic interview. We, we had a lovely morning with Andrea Damo at his at his apartment in Turin, um, which was very very enlightening. I'd have to say we. You know, we know a fair amount about the man, but we found out an awful lot more about him um, in that morning. We posted that video and there was a comment underneath that video. What do you make of this, David and George? Um, a comment underneath the video saying, uh, Adamo is exactly the man that Ferrari needs right now to sort out the woes that they've got in Formula mm. One.
0: I, I, is that is that beyond the realms, guys? Let's hope so, because we need yeah. to keep Adamo in WRC. I, I don't know, George. You're much better qualified to talk about what.
2: Well, uh, the, the rarefied atmosphere of uh, Formula One uh, would probably reject Adamo. You know, we, well, we remember uh, there's a number of a number of people gone into Formula One uh, and and turned around and come straight back out because they've not managed to fit. There'd been a square peg in a round hole or a round peg in a square hole. And, but but uh, there have
3: also been some notable successes, George. There have
2: been, yeah, absolutely. Jean Todt being one yeah, of them. Absolutely, absolutely amazing. And I mean, Jean Todd, obviously, obviously a master, a master politician. Um, I'm not sure that uh, Andrea Damo is, but but he may well be. I mean, I've I've only spoken to Andrea once or twice. Um, You've never introduced me properly, Colin and David. Like, you know, I apologise. I'm deeply Next offended time. by that. Next time. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll I shall be in Turkey with you. So um, but oh, trust uh, trust us. George Andrea knows all about
0: you. You know Okay, okay
2: that's that's bad potentially. No,
0: no, no. It's very, <laughs> very good. He only <laughs>
2: okay, knows so the I'm, good I'm, stuff. Look, I'm just, look, I mean, I, 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 as soon as you said that, yeah, Colin, I thought, crikey, yes, that would actually fix them because he would go in there and he's strong enough to to drive all the changes through. And yes, David, it would be bad for us in Rally because I'm sure he's a massive driving force. And to get those final couple of couple of percent out of a team, he seems to be able to do it. And that requires an, an incredible force of personality. You are gonna upset people. Uh, he's prepared to to get his way. He he obviously listens to a lot of people because it you know that team is working very, very well. I would imagine that he would be the man to turn it around problem with formula 1 is that technically you know you do a change now it doesn't actually have an effect for about 2 years it seems to be this very very long gestation period between between car developments um which if you were making any realistic changes to formula 1 and they, they talk about the money and the development i would actually i would actually just change it so that you know in, any any developments from year to year have a 6 month gestation period to, to be realized and okay, I I realise that's a slightly glib point, um, uh, without all the necessarily all the uh, the data surrounding it. Uh, I I don't understand all the intricacies of Formula One, but it just seems to me, you know, it's a tragedy. A team comes out at the beginning of one year, their car's not right. It's, well, we're actually not going to recover until twenty twenty three now. What? You know, what's that about? That that that's that's a sport that's 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 not uh, that's not 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 perfect,
0: mm.
2: to my mind. Anyway. <laughs> There we go. Let's hope we don't lose Andrea from Rally.
3: Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that entirely.
1: Well, let's have a little look forward, shall we? Because um, we've had some rally action over the last couple of weeks, which has been lovely. But um, what have we got coming up in the next few weeks before we get to Estonia? I understand. Uh, have we got Hyundai testing? Have we got Toy- Toyota testing? Yeah, we both those have, things.
0: Yeah, exactly. Toyota are, are running... Uh, as we talk, <clears throat> I think perhaps Ogier is in the car today. Elvin was in the car earlier this week in Calais yesterday, um, and we we also have there's a, a small, a really small event in Yamsa uh, on Saturday. At the this the that's tomorrow. Crikey, you're on Friday already. Uh, so yeah, tomorrow. But actually, I've just had a message through to say that in his test for that event in Yamsa, uh, the turbo has blown. On um, on the car that Sapekelepu is driving, which is the car that is owned by
3: Yanni oh, Tuhino.
0: Yanni Tohino. Exactly. Yansport, I think they're called, aren't they? Yansport, um, yeah. And the thinking is that they can't get either a new turbo or, or the the issue. What what sort of car is that? It's the Fiesta, the current seventeen. All car. right, okay.
2: It can't, uh, it, can't, it can't be. It can't be beyond the the wit of man to get a spare turbo for a Fiesta across. Might, the... might
3: be. Might be more mm. than just the turbo, though, George. I. I. I yeah, I thought of that it when might I read be, that yeah. thing. But yeah. um,
0: have you seen yeah. that as well, Carl?
3: I've seen it. Yeah, I've just seen it, David. I was going to bring that up. I was just waiting for you to say, it, and I was going to jump <laughs> in with my wonderful, you know, knowledge,
0: <laughs> saying, "Ah, <laughs>
3: David, you might not quite be right there."
0: <laughs> Sorry, but yeah. So, so as always, um, you're on top
3: d- of it. As always. Nonsense.
0: Not at all, but so there was that event, and then uh, there's more testing next week. But we are, you know, the 22nd of August is, is a big day because obviously that's South Estonia rally, um, where we expect Oik Tanak and Thierry Neville to, to compete, and probably a couple of Toyotas for Auger and Evans. Uh, and on the same weekend, it is the M Sport back to rallying stages uh, where we'll see um, 45 cars in Greystoke all built at M-Sport in the last 20 years, uh, and quite an interesting entry list. We'll perhaps cover that more in the next couple of weeks. But yeah, certainly at least things are beginning to build again towards towards Rally Estonia, which is, of course, the first weekend in September.
1: Is all going to be enough to save the sport, do you think? Ugh,
0: that's a completely different question. Uh, because, <laughs> you know, we while we were in Italy, there was an outbreak in Tartu, uh, and of course... The, the virus is building again in in Belgium um Turkey has its own questions we we' promised still promised a route for Turkey that still hasn't arrived um i I just don't know it's 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 impossible to say you know because absolutely the, the big issue is we can get to the country we can do the event but it is now the quarantining if if people are coming back mm-hmm. from Estonia and they have to quarantine for for two weeks uh, that would well, make um, turkey impossible and- if and you David, from, I think
3: yeah. you, you, you did a really good interview with Tom Fowler from Toyota, and I thought he made such a good point when he said, you know, we are all absolutely trying our, our best to make sure that we we get to as many events as we can before the end of the year. He said, but the planning that's been done is a planning that works in a perfect in the best environment. best
0: scenario. In the yeah, best exactly. case scenario.
3: And he said, yeah. and everyone, everyone knows that right now planning for best case scenario is planning to fail. Effectively, yep. because there is very little best case scenario out there. Mm. Um, so you, know, we, you know, it's it's there, it's in place. They can happen these rallies. Whether they will happen is is quite another matter. You know whether we get two or three rounds, I don't know. You know if we get five or six rounds, I well, I very much doubt that. I think it'll be a miracle if we get five or six rounds before the end of the year. Um, but if we get two or three, well, you know, is that better than nothing? It certainly is better than nothing. But it, uh,
0: is, uh, is that what's? You know, I just find this, it's it's genuinely depressing, isn't it? You know, we are A little all bit. Yeah. so yeah. desperate to get back to it. And, you know, Colin, you and I have been so incredibly fortunate that we've had those yeah. two events, which is brilliant. Mm. But, you know, as much as I want to do the next five rounds and genuinely, you know, we're chomping at the bit to get back there, if it comes down to two or three rounds, is there any point? Is it worth it?
3: Is, there is any it? Point? I agree with you. But at what point do we know there's only two or three rounds that are well, going to happen? You know, Actually, probably not that far away because we, we kind of know already that Japan is highly unlikely to happen. Highly unlikely. You know, they're talking about Belgium. Well, Belgium, as you said, David, is, is really struggling right now. That is, in my view, unlikely to happen. But at um, the minute,
0: you know, Belgium, doesn't. it doesn't have an agreement with the property. No, you know, no it's, exactly. not, it's not on a calendar right now. But yeah, the big yeah. issue for the events as well is, you know, and it is a huge issue. And you now suddenly look at events like Finland and GB that took the decision early and took a very brave decision. Okay, GB mm-hmm. it was taken out of the hands because of their the sponsorship from the Welsh government who said, no, you're not. But it is a massive decision because all of, every day that passes, these events are spending more money fundamentally, mm-hmm. you know, in terms like they've got so many hotel rooms booked every day you know you lose a bit more of your deposit uh mm-hmm. the every aspect you know if you want to cancel a ferry fare a plane fare you're going to lose more and more money and mm-hmm. at some point somebody in these organizations has to stand up and say yes or no but at the moment it's impossible to say yes you can only say maybe but you can certainly say no um and it's yeah it's it's a very it's such a difficult position to be in it it really is
1: yeah, yeah definitely. we'll keep our fingers crossed definitely, sorry definitely
0: I, I, very I, tough after talking about george's fabulous wild camping in scotland and some good times in italy i think we've kind of we've bought i bought the tone of the uh, of the podcast down a little bit now. i'm terribly sorry no no that.
2: no we need we needed we needed the realism absolutely 100 percent um th- th- i think tom's tom fowler's comments are are incredibly uh valuable to hear it's always great to get somebody with his uh, with his perspective uh making comments like that because he's an engineer he's not normally talking about things like that but it just it, it also indicates just how involved everybody is in the team's trying to make everything happen and get back to reality tom's yeah. a wonderfully pragmatic man um yeah so uh, i think we need them uh, I, I would be disappointed if we if we if we can't manage 3 quarters of the the planned events but uh i'm i'm I maybe i just have to be prepared to be disappointed but but in reality, um, you know, in, in the history of the world, we've had lots of lots of pandemics and viruses, uh, much more than 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 sort of publicly, uh, you know, in, in the in the immediate public domain. Although although we're starting to get more into the immunology history now, uh, being available and starting to come out of the woodwork. But the bottom line is, the, these 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 uh, pandemics happen, and they come and they go. It's what happens, you know. We, we've had terrible ones uh, in, in in recent memory, and and they've been contained. And you know, the body builds up its immunity, its T cells, it's whatever. I, I can't remember all the different cells that you build up. But um, I mean, it's now been established that there is uh, there is an immunity lev- level for the COVID nineteen virus. I, I read about that just yesterday. That that there that there there has proven to be some. Uh, immuno, Im, uh, immunity to that already uh, in in the population, and and that will continue to build. And these viruses, as you say, they they come in this massive wave, and then they di- diminish. And what we're seeing now is we're seeing little little spikes in the testing as as people perhaps behave a little bit improperly and 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 mix as they used to, and you know pub crawl etc. Like we've I've seen that in Aberdeen recently, and they've had another That's... lockdown in Aberdeen yeah. in Scotland. But basically. These are people that are proving to be positive to COVID, but but the people that all all they're doing is going home and quarantining for two weeks. There you know there's not been any deaths. The hospitals are empty, and I do mean empty of COVID cases across UK. So I believe from from a very short straw poll of about four hospitals, people I know that work in four different hospitals, one in England, three in Scotland, and they're empty. You know they do they don't have it. I I apparently live in a, a hot spot. Tayside in Scotland is meant to be a, a COVID hotspot. Now, the, the main COVID hospital in the whole of Tayside has never had it. You know, so it's, it's got seven. I think it's got seven intensive care beds, and they've never been full in the whole period. So, you know, That's we're, we're not. We're not. It's very encouraging, Colin. And my, my point being is that that uh, uh, there's a vulnerable group of people whom we must protect. Uh, the mechanism that we protect it with. Is has got to be good. I don't think that rally is a massive threat to that. But of course, we just get bundled in with everything else, probably quite rightly. Uh, But the reality is that the world comes out of this. And, you know, whether it's in three months time or six months time or nine months time, it might take a little bit longer because of the way that we now live uh, compared to previous times. But they do burn themselves out. We do build up immunity and it goes away.
1: I feel
0: buoyed by that, George. I do. Absolutely. Get George (laughs) on News at 10. (laughs)
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, I think we're going to do a little wrap on that. I think that's all the topics we needed to cover today. We will be back with a look at the M-Sport stages and looking ahead to Rally South Estonia. Are you going to be travelling to any of those chaps?
3: Uh, M-Sport stages, yeah. Yeah, we're yeah. covering that for Dirtfish, aren't we, David?
0: Yep, that's the plan.
1: That's the plan. Will that you happens. come down
0: for that, George? I could do. I Actually, it is no do, spectator, yeah. so you will join the the Dirtfish Task Force of of of. We could definitely use Re- you. reporters. Yeah. Well, definitely. I'll, I'll,
2: definitely. I'll, I'll I'll thoroughly definitely. enjoy being there for that. I should really be yeah. driving. You know, we need to talk a bit more about this. My driving <laughs> yeah. career. I, I I need to drive a car again. I can't decide what I should drive. Obviously, it's got to be no cost at all.
1: <laughs> you Typical already told rally, us you were worried I, about yeah, the know. Uh, stacking know. somebody
2: else's car. I tell you what, though, George. Yeah, no, but I still, is, I still need to. I need to drive a car again as, at some point.
0: As you know, George, there is a reasonable collection, and, a, and in fairness, a fantastic collection of cars um, within Dirtfish, and some of them are in the UK. So I think you know, perhaps we we look at getting some technical features done, maybe some technical videos, and bring you down. To, uh, to BGM Sport, where Ian Gwynn has the cars and runs the cars, and and we could get you to drive them and give us a real insight uh,
2: I would, into... I would love to do that. And, I mean, I have... The, the last time I drove a rally car was about... Uh, I think it was about four years ago. I got a... No, actually, no, it wasn't. It was just last year. I drove a 400-horsepower uh, Fiesta hybrid car, and uh, I can still... That was on the snow. I can still drive. Oh, wow. The, the <laughs> skill list, The skill list, well, I mean, I'm... Call me Stig. I get the car
0: David, very sideways. David, I, I notice you're not asking me
3: to drive them.
2: No. Well, Colin,
3: yep. just remind
0: yep. us, what happened last time you drove a Fiesta rally car?
3: Yeah, yeah. Oh, I've yeah. got history with Fiestas. Oh, so yeah. I ask ping, Matthew I ping, Wilson. I pinged an R5, and he'll <laughs> never forget that. I just slightly pinged it. I didn't ping it big time. I, I, and in was, fact, that, fact, was I, I
2: there but, that day, Colin? I no, don't, don't, I George, you weren't. You but for many it, years, no. I
3: claimed to be the first person to crash an R5 Fiesta. When it turned out about two hours earlier... Someone pretty close to us here had already
0: crashed the Fiesta. <laughs> I didn't crash it. I just yes, you I just did. Cr- I clipped one of those little
2: bollards. <laughs> I, that was that was all I did. That's that's Colin. That's not a crash. Pinging a bollard. I don't is like yeah. a crash. the idea of
1: either of you two being behind the uh, steering wheel of a rally car.
2: George, no, George I not. trust
1: you. The other two, mm, not so much. Uh, <laughs> you, you,
2: you've never seen me drive, and I was I was uh, reasonably spectacular and. Uh, when I was in smaller cars, I was the last of the late, 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 late breakers. It was it was ludicrous, really, and it's not the fastest technique. But I learned. I learned it wasn't the fastest technique. Yeah, yeah. When well, do you want to twenty feet up the in wait. your mini? <laughs> well, I I used to I used to wait until till everyone was running away from the corner. I think it's about time to start breaking <laughs> now. And then and then and then find out. You know, I was always miles off the road on the inside. I mean, I was the master of cutting. You know, I would be two cars widths on the inside of the road to get around the corner, but. So bear in mind, I was I was young and hopeful, and I, I marshaled every single rally I could uh, prior to 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 building a rally car. So I'd probably been around for three years and marshaled on every stage. And and of course, you get to drive through, and you would be looking. and And I had an incredible memory for roads, which you know helps helps you with your speed, especially in pre-pace note days, as that was. I, and we did I, we did nice preparation as well. We you know we'd look at the maps and we'd we'd figure out where we could. Literally, Hang on, you know, you're, pre-paid you're What two was months. the point of the co-driver then? Uh, uh, they they would call Slime the map. Cards. They would mm. no, they would call the map and they would yeah. navigate you around.
0: I I read yeah. uh, recently as we are this week we should have been in Finland. We could have talked about that, couldn't we? What would have happened in Finland?
2: Oh, Finland. Uh,
0: but maybe we'll do that. Maybe we'll do that next week and pretend that next week would have been Finland. Um, that sounds
2: like a plan. I love Finland <laughs> Rally. It is amazing, and I, I disagree with Walter Rawl that it's overly dangerous. The trees are 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 tall and thin. They've got lots of give in them, as is evidenced <laughs> as is evidenced by the amount Colin of recovered re- recovered rally cars. Colin McRae, Richard N92. Burns, yeah. everyone, 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 every Thanks. single driver that's ever been there has had a car in the trees. I'm sure.
3: George but, Donaldson. But I've just, seen the video. I've been
2: I've been <laughs> in the trees. Yeah.
0: Just one point about um, co-drivers and pace notes. 1977, Kjosti Hamalainen won the thousand eight in a in Ford's test car yes um, and he drove the entire route without his co-driver saying a word he memorised yeah, no pace no notes yeah, yeah. no pace notes astonishing I, but as a, I competed
2: a guy... I competed against him in 1988 in the same car on ah, the same rally yeah. that was yes. his last
0: thousand lakes wasn't it in a group yeah, I think of I might, it
2: might have been his lovely man we had, we had some it didn't I don't think he spoke much English but he was a really nice guy we were seated next to each other it was lovely it was a treat wow. for me because knowing the history of the event I'm, Cracky, I'm next to Kosta and in the same car. Yeah. This guy's going to take me to the cleaners. And uh, well, and on he the second day, on the se- oh, no, no, he, he he beat me miles. I had the wrong tires on the first day completely. Um, I had free tires from Pirelli, but um, they they gave me Safari tires. Sadly, <laughs> we sorted out. We sorted it out on the second day. We sorted it out on the second day, and we absolutely lit the place up. I got a bit excited, and then overly excited, <laughs> which in Finland can only lead to one thing parking in, in the fact, tree. In, in my but, case in my case it was twice Lisa <laughs> I managed two accidents in one day oh, well final done. one
0: let's, <laughs> let's have more of that next week let's pretend okay. that next week is right. Finland week
1: and we're reviewing what, what happened but you have been listening to Spin the Rally Pod thanks very much to former sporting director George Donaldson thank you Lisa voice of rally Colin Clark thank you and Dirtfish senior staff writer David Evans
0: thank you Lisa
1: I'm Lisa O'Sullivan, and we'll be back next time.
0: Bye. Bye.
3: Bye. Bye
1: Bye-bye. I really need to work out what to say at the end.